I think it was when I was a kid. I think it happened really without me knowing. And my mom, my mom always was like this very like uh, she's a bit of a she always comes up with new projects to make I don't know to make money or to have fun. And she was starting this gardening um, gardening project where she would like go over to people's gardens and they'd pay her to like do the flowers and stuff. And she's like, Georgie, do you want to do the graphic design for it? And I was like 10, I was like on paint, you know, like drawing flowers, putting type in the little leaves, like gardening thing on paint, like really, really DIY stuff. And I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, that's fun, you know? And then I did a few things like that. And then... Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of... Do I need school to be... The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Georgina Henry who I also know in real life. It's it's weird. Like so many people in this podcast have only known through the internet, but this one I know she's flesh and blood. She's a real person and she's a wonderful graphic designer from Luxembourg and England who has a very unique perspective to life and everything. In this episode we talk about how she didn't get into art school at her first try, took it a little bit and how a residency program just changed her path completely. We talk about her slight aversion to the internet and many more things too. We talk about her mom, we talk about her inspirations, her visions. It's really a great episode and I hope you love it. And here's my conversation with Georgina Henry. And we're recording. Hi Georgie, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. And you? I'm also very good. Here we are again in the Vereka A small studio. <laughs> Talking like news anchors for some reason. <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know, it just always happens. <laughs> I, I've, I've said a couple of times in the podcast that even though I don't know in which order they're going to come out, so this might make no sense to somebody, Yeah. that because of quarantine, I have had a lot of interviews through a screen also because a lot of people are not in Rotterdam yeah. so now I don't know what to do with my hands I'm yeah, like it's weird isn't it yeah the whole zoom thing and now we're here we're live exactly how do I <laughs> behave around people I, I went to dinner the other day to get a present for my sister and there's people inside the store not wearing masks and I thought this is not it's safe. freaky isn't it this yeah. is not safe What's happening? Yeah, I walked into school just now and I was like, do I do it? Do I not? <laughs> do I clean my hands? I, I still do it because I, I got used yeah, to it. But same. Yeah, it's for funsies. <laughs> so uh, tell the audience who you are and what you're currently working on. Okay, well, my name is Georgina Henry and I'm from Luxembourg, but I'm half British and half Luxembourgish. And I'm currently in third year graphic design at the Willem de Koning Academy in Rotterdam. <laughs> and I've just finished a five-month internship at 75B Design Studio in Rotterdam. They do a lot of cultural work um, with clients like the Film Festival, uh, Annabelle, Susan Bale. Really, really fun work. Um, and yeah, I just finished, so I'll be going into my fourth year. And I'm really interested in designing, yeah, designing things that communicate something um, that have like a added value to them. That's what I really love doing. And yeah, currently, um, yeah, and for my graduation project, I'm thinking of 
combining graphic design with silk screening. Fun. Yeah, and that's kind of like the direction I'm going into and then combining it with like, yeah, I'm really interested in going into the cultural sector as well. So seeing how that can link together in a way. Yeah. Sounds fun. Sounds like you have a very clear perspective already. Yeah, I just got that last week. Oh, great. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun. I was having a conversation with my boss and he was like, yeah, we really miss like um, experimental screen printing in the city. And I was like, I really love screen printing and I can combine that with graphic design and boom, you know. Which is your favorite thing about screen printing? And can you like describe it a little bit for the people who don't know what screen printing is? Oh yeah, so screen printing is basically an uh, analog printing technique where you um, use a stencil to, um, that you put on light-sensitive emulsion and by lighting the emulsion, um, it creates the design in a screen. So then you're able to use any inks, even like glow-in-the-dark ink or silver ink uh, to print on paper or textiles even. So yeah, with the each um, screen has a different mesh count. So depending on what uh, material you're going to print on, you would use a different screen also. Um, but yeah, what I really love about it is like uh, the colors you can produce with it, and like mixing colors and gradients. And yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Also, because everything's going digital, and I'm kind of protesting <laughs> to go digital. Um, also just because I think you can achieve things that you can't with a normal printer and it's also just really fun to be honest <laughs> I think it's also very useful and if I remember correctly it was the printing technique students used in Paris in the 80s to protest because they could produce at high volume yeah it's true it's very cheap as well and it's very quick to use as soon as you have the design you can do it multiple times that's really fun about it and experiment with it yeah how do you feel about the word squeegee <laughs> squeegee is a tool I you use to pull it, the ink yeah. how do you feel about that word squeegee it yeah. sounded like a joke to me when Mia I, I learned from Mia yeah. really, like we both know Mia she's like the silk screen in first year she's yeah. like the silk screen god basically <laughs> and she told me it said squeegee and I was like what's the real name like that cannot be real she's like no squeegee it's 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 freaky but you know what i kind of like it it fits it, somehow because there is this kind of squeak that when you pull the ink sometimes it gets caught on the dry mesh and it kind of goes and i love that sound you know if there's anything that's going to be like it's scientific name it's going to be squeegee i think that's the thing i think that's the thing i agree <laughs> and how did you get into the creative field or how did you find out that you wanted to be in the creative field mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think it was when I was a kid. I think it happened really without me knowing. And my mom, my mom always was like this very like, uh, she was a bit of a, she always comes up with new projects to make, I don't know, to make money or to have fun. And she was starting this gardening, um, gardening project where she would like go over to people's gardens and they'd pay her to like do the flowers and stuff. And she was like, Georgie, do you want to do the graphic design for it? And I was like 10. I was like on paint, you know, like drawing flowers, putting type in the little leaves, like gardening on paint. on paint, like really, really DIY stuff. And I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, that's fun, you know. And then I did a few things like that. And then I got to high school and I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can do graphic design. And then I actually was a bit, I was like, oh, do I? want to do graphic design and then I actually went to do film first for a month in England <laughs> fun fact <laughs> if you're going somewhere I mean yeah so I did film for a month there 
um, but I dropped out. <laughs> and then, as you do, as, as you, you do. do. But yeah, the thing is, in Luxembourg, in the in high school, you can specialize in your last four years, but it's all very. You still do a lot of um, all round subjects. It's never very specific specialization. So I came out of high school without a proper portfolio. So when I applied to do graphic design, I got rejected by all my schools. So I was kind of like, okay, that that kind of sucks. <laughs> But then, yeah, after doing film, I went to Berlin and I worked on um, my portfolio in this, like, it was like an artist residence. Nice. And yeah, there was two artists that ran it, a couple, and every week they'd have a guest lecturer in and you would have to present your work in front of them and you would talk about your work with the other people that work there. And that was super, super cool. Um, but yeah, that was really self-initiated and a lot of self-learning, I guess. But that's great. Sounds like you had before your formal education, you had another type of education. I yeah. just hit the mic. Thank God for editing. <laughs> so you had this other, more personal education and access to different resources. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because before I kind of relied a lot on the education I was getting in high school. And then I was like, you know what, I can I can do this on my own. I kind of had to because I really wanted to come here as well. And then, yeah, three months, whipped up a portfolio, <laughs> tutorials, all that. And then, yeah, I applied and I got all my first choices. So that was really cool. But sounds great in that case. So you had that experience of first not getting anywhere, yeah. then investing the time and learning from different people and learning from yourself yeah exactly and then doing it again so the influence that education can have the thing yeah. is that in the podcast we when i say education i mean like formal education because anybody can educate you mm -hmm. anybody can be a teacher yeah exactly and it's those experiences that shape you in the end of who you are yeah i agree yeah and i think it was all the people i was around as well what was really really fun there was that There was all kinds of ages. There was this, I think it was like six-year-old man painting and, and you'd share studios with other people and you're with fine artists, you're with uh, product designers and everyone was just taking what they could from each other. And that's, that kind of learning was super fun. That was really cool. Sounds also very pure. Like yeah. Everybody was there just to work on themselves, yeah. just work and learn from others. And this experience of we're here just to create. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like we're doing this for a grade or I was doing it for a portfolio, but my I went into it thinking, okay, I went into it and I was had a bit of a creative block, as you do. As you do. <laughs> and then my mentor was like, do you know what? Just make for your own fun, like do something that you're interested in. And I was like, okay, yeah, she's so right. This is meant to be fun anyway. And then, yeah, it just... Just blossomed. <laughs> just blossomed. It just blossomed into a portfolio. In the right, it, just it just came out. It just created it. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> And yeah. about your mentor. So what was your mentor like? What was that relationship like? Did you go into it thinking, I'm going to get a mentor out of this? Or was it more organic? Um, I went into it thinking, okay, maybe he can give me some tips and tricks or portfolios and stuff. I never thought I would have the relationship that I did with with them like because it was two um they were super they were like friends like honestly like and they brought the nicest people in like really cool artists and um yeah they made me feel really comfortable to, to talk about my work whereas before I wouldn't 
like where I was a bit insecure about what I was making in the end I was like I can do this I can come to this admission in this school and feel confident about what I've done and I remember just saying to them at the end like thank you so much guys like you they were really like a support system and they made I think the way they ran the whole place made it a whole little community and like it was really like diverse and everyone that came there everyone was allowed to come and it was very affordable as well which was really nice that's awesome yeah we definitely have to like give them a shout out eventually so yeah they know about this <laughs> shout out berlin art institute <laughs> shout out berlin art institute <laughs> no it, it's great i'll definitely like reach out to them and ask them if they want to be a part of the podcast yeah. because it sounds like people who oh yeah for sure yeah they're really really it would be really people. interesting to have yeah. here that sounds great thank you for that tip yeah of and course do, have you had any other teachers that marked you like the boys that when you're creating something you hear the, like their voices in the back of your head can be positive but can be negative like both both everything has an influence on you yeah Ooh. but teachers can be everything right? teachers can be everything it can be and i for example had a chef on the podcast and she is a regenerative farmer and she has learned a lot from the earth about how the earth reacts to different things and she has allowed the earth to be her teacher so that's also a teacher so teacher can be anything it's a very broad in this podcast yeah um honestly like i feel yeah it's really it might be a bit corny but my mom she's Aww. like one of my biggest teachers i hope she listens to this <laughs> but i think the way she she's a single mom and she's really like she does everything just to keep us like happy as we can be and i think that's really that makes me emotional even talking about it but just like the drive that she has i see it reflect on the way i approach things as well And like when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I think, okay, mom did so much. I can do it as well. Yeah, you get like your drive from your mom. That's so cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's definitely people. Also my roommates, because I feel like, yeah, since we started school, we always talk about a lot of topics at home, like societal issues and everything. And I think constantly talking about them at the dinner table is super helpful also for the way you design And like the things you have to take in, into account when you're designing as well. And um, we've had a lot of conversations about recognizing our privilege and um, yeah, how do you implement that in a design process as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful for having those kind of people around as well that make me constantly think, okay, do I have the right to be researching this? What is my position in this research? And I also noticed, yeah, maybe sometimes where that didn't work at school, for example. Um, yeah, I just remember this project about low literates that I did in, I think it was in second year. Um, I think so. Yeah, and I just remember that the time frame was really small and we, we did some research into low literacy, but now when I reflect back on it, I, I really feel like that was very superficial research, you know, and... I, in that whole time, I never was able to, was never in contact with someone with low literacy and I made a project out of it. It just felt, now it feels wrong. At the time, I didn't notice, but that's also a learning curve, I think. Of like, course. Realizing that maybe, yeah, this fast-paced research thing doesn't necessarily um, make your work very valuable in the end. But if you're, if you're, If you don't have time to go in depth and do ethnographic research and everything. 
Yeah. Then That's just one thing I noticed. Then just say it. Then just be like, I've did a, re- a more visual visual research yeah. than actually a human research. Yeah, I exactly. love that. I listened to. Um, I went to a festival, the Orsaka Festival. I probably butchered that word. Um, <laughs> it's for podcasters, and there's this one woman. Um, she has a podcast called The Plantation of Our of Our Fathers in which she goes into the store, like she looked through her family tree and she found out that generations before her family in the Netherlands had slaves. Mm -hmm. And she found the now descendants of those people and she sits down and has conversations with them about the slavery legacy that is still in the Netherlands today. Yeah. And she had the same question, like how do I fit into this research? How do I, as a white woman in the Netherlands has all this privilege, how do I insert myself in this topic? And she mentioned, maybe you'll like it, uh, it's a book about, um, it's called The Journalist and the Murderer mm-hmm. uh, from Janet Malcolm, in which she talks about is exactly that. Yeah. How are you as a journalist, as a researcher, as a designer, keeping from just throwing throwing um, gasoline into the fire yeah, to make exactly. your work more interesting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should check it out. I will send you the link. It's really interesting. Yeah, that sounds really interesting because it's actually one of the things that I'm really aware of now when I'm designing it's we also had a situation at the internship where um, we got an assignment from an actress called Jacqueline Blom and she's making this um, web like she's making this um, website and like support system for um, inequality in the film uh, in the film industry and she came to the studio and it's run by two white males and they they recognize that they're like why are you coming to a studio um, that's run by two white males when you're creating a gender inequality um, organization. Yeah. And then she said, um, yeah, I'm coming to you guys because I know you're good and because I believe that we need allies in this world. And I was like... Oh, that's oh. great. Yeah, and I was like, actually, because I thought about it before, I was like, why is she coming to this studio? <laughs> like, And then she said that and I was like, that's actually really nice as well that um, that's... A discussion as well that it's also being talked about but also that she said that I also agree that you need allies to yeah solve her problem but and to be in a position in which you are informed yourself to a level that you can say like okay maybe you don't know much about this yeah I'm going to like have conversations yeah exactly not alienate anybody I love that I love that yeah. story yeah sounds great and it's really now- interesting now that you're in this position and you talk about your roommates being like teachers to you and also having those exchanges and having those conversations, do you see yourself in a position in which you could teach somebody else something or that you could be a teacher or a mentor to somebody? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, at the moment I don't see myself as a teacher. I mean, in a way, everyone is a bit of a teacher. Exactly. Because I think... Yeah, while having all these conversations and then I feel like there's been a lot of difficult conversations in the last year especially that there's just by having them it's already teaching in a way or sharing knowledge that you've gained from somebody else so it's kind of like um yeah you get something from someone you give it to someone else that might not be informed I think that is teaching but I yeah it's weird, I wouldn't call myself a teacher, you know, but maybe someone was like, oh yeah, I did learn that from Geordie, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we put so much weight on this word, and yeah. it's like teacher, you have to be the authority on something, yeah. but yeah, in the end, we're all the authority are on, on our own lives, Yeah. and if somebody were to ask you about your life and be like, hey, how do you relate to this, or how do you feel about this, then yeah. you could also teach them about that. 
And as a graphic designer, do you think your work has the power to teach somebody something to have this educational aspect? Well, yeah, I mean, I remember in first year, I was always like, I'm going to create the sign that changes the world. You know that, like, everyone's thinking it, but it's still, it's not really like that. But I'd hope that by talking about my work, maybe people reflect on things that I, um, that I raise in, in a concept or something. I do, yeah, I remember doing this project called Confusing Penis really funny name of course um but it was about um identity and how you identify with your own body and we made this cardboard um we made this board where you could add these body parts to redesign your body and it created a lot of yeah interesting conversations um some were really like fun and light-hearted and some were a bit more yeah um i know what you're doing What? You're creating education. You're creating spaces for educational moments. Well, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I think that's what you're doing because I remember your greenwashing project. Yeah, it was more you're creating a space where conversations can happen. Yeah, and with this project, it sounds like if somebody came and said like uh, somebody who had a body dysmorphia, that will give yeah. them a space to talk about that topic. So yeah. you're creating spaces and situations in which people can teach something. Hey, you really, you really put the, you really, wow, just came to me now. It just came to me now. Oh my god! I guess that is what was happening. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, it it did create a space for conversation, and that's what I really love about designing with other people, especially, and also creating projects that, yeah, like that. <laughs> Hey friend, it's Alex just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah will help pay for the hosting and i also love coffee thank you for listening to the show and letting me be in your ears and now i'll go back to my conversation with georgie <laughs> look at Great us space. look at us figuring Ooh, things oh out oh my god i know what i want to do now <laughs> yeah. yeah and you said before in the beginning that you are like fighting or being a, a bit of a rebel when it comes to like the digitalization of design <laughs> how do you think that will affect education because now Like, I don't know if you noticed, but in 2020, every designer had a course. Everybody had a course. There was people like saying like social media course, or I will teach you how to make a vector, or everybody that went into education. And because of the pandemic, we had this new methodology mm -hmm. of having these virtual sessions and we didn't have the face-to-face -face contact. And you're somebody that likes to work with others and yeah. have this interaction. So how do you think this digital wave will affect us and do you think we should fight it we should embrace it where, where do you stand there well yeah i've had a lot of tips from friends they were like georgie you can't fight it i'm art i'm you can't he once told me like you know you can't fight the digital world i was like well <laughs> shout out to imar <laughs> shout out imar <laughs> Um, but I was always get really frustrated with these like digital programs. It was more of like, I'm not going to do it. And then I took a course during <laughs> lockdown. Of course I did. Um, After Effects, all that. There um, were so many. How to be quicker on Illustrator. 
you know, stressing out that I'm going to be left behind to the digital world. Um, but now I was also building a silk screening studio. Um, studio in my in my house nice (laughs) still haven't finished it but i was like i'm gonna still screen it's a process i don't think we need to run the digital world is really fascinating as well i really like respect what people are able to do i think it's just like i feel a bit disconnected from the real world when i'm in front of a screen for so long and that's what kind of freaks me out that i'm spending all that time on a computer and then kind of like missing out on life yeah but I, I'm not going to fight it. I'm still trying to get my digital skills like in a place where I can do both. But I just enjoy it more, like doing things that are tangible. Yeah. I think, uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, as somebody who creates spaces for conversations to happen, <laughs> that's the thing now, <laughs> at least until the Bye end of this podcast. Um, the thing about, to me, with social media and the internet is that it allows space for people to say things they would never say in person yeah and that is a positive and that is a negative as well because on one side a very oppressed person or a person who has communication skills for a uh, issues with for a b c d reason can speak out on an issue that's relevant to them but also you have all the trolls that will insult people to their faces mm-hmm. i'm doing air quotes um without it so do you think that there, we can achieve a balance in which it's it's how we use it, right? It's a tool. Depends on how we use it. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, I do. In a way, I do love social media for spreading all that information, especially because I feel yeah now it's Instagram, isn't it, with all those like threads, but it also yeah it's super informative, and I think it's also really great, especially in countries where you can't where news outlets can't be trusted. Um, but it is it it does blow up really quick and I feel like yeah cancel culture and all that like the way as soon as someone sees something they might not question the source even if it's not accurate but I do I love how much I can find out on on social media and how much I can learn there as well and I also really enjoy discovering new artists and designers on social media and I think it's a super cool way that we can even do that Um, that's true and see all this new work and I really love that part of it yeah and the chance you have to learn from different people I mean you could find a mentor in South Africa or you can find if there's a technique you really like you could find a mentor in India or in Mexico or in Australia or wherever yeah it creates this whole connection between everyone I think it's just important to know it is really extremely powerful and I think there has to be a balance um yeah obviously i think it's definitely a pro a lot of pros and a lot of cons involved yeah and and i think another important aspect is how uh the cost that it comes so to to give you an example like we're here in the william the koenig academy and it's a school in the netherlands and as a european citizen you get a different tuition fee that somebody will get who's not a european citizen yeah and that is an aspect, a financial aspect is there. And the beauty of people having ha- access to courses is that you can take a course on Illustrator, for example, and learn for, I don't know, $50, mm-hmm. what it would maybe cost you 2000 or something to learn informal education. So that yeah. opens those avenues as well. 
as a as a person that you have said that person of privilege we're both person people of privilege yeah of course yeah definitely and i think yeah that's why i also really love those tutorials and because people can learn by themselves i think yeah being able to come here is a really big privilege um and you learn things on top of skills of course and conversations that wouldn't happen if you're learning by yourself but i really love that design can come from yeah not maybe you don't necessarily have to come to the school to be able to design but it's definitely a big plus yeah if you are able to yeah it means I love that and that's the point of this podcast that there are different ways to learn and different avenues to learn and to talk about those issues so if somebody listens to this they're like I cannot afford design school mm-hmm. it's like yeah you can actually learn other yeah. ways you can find a very affordable mentors in yeah. Berlin yeah exactly you never yeah. Know. yeah that was a lot of self study as well and I think it's also I feel like so much in the design world it's also about getting to know people and Yeah, because I went to this studio the other week and they say they don't um, recruit people on diplomas. They look at how a person is in real life and how if they fit in a team. And that's a big one as well, fitting into a t- design team. And I feel like if you can put yourself out there and talk to people, that's also depends on how you are as a person, then you can probably have a design career yeah. through self-taught. And I think another benefit of at least this school is when we do the practices and it makes us out with people from other disciplines. Yeah. So you can think like, I think they're ones that correlate very well, like animation and graphic design. Mm-hmm. Clear path. <laughs> But then if you get animation and I don't know, lifestyle and transformation design in your life, what do you guys actually do? <laughs> what is it that you people actually do? Because nobody can explain it. Nobody really knows. Nobody knows. But yeah, it, I love that as well. That they mix us up like that. Super like, and it, I I just remember learning a bunch of new techniques with these people, and that's super nice and very non traditional. I think from like when I look at art schools in the UK, I feel like that's very different how they approach it here, and I really like that. Yeah, I would love to see an initiative maybe in this university and other universe other educational avenues in which we don't only work with people from different disciplines, but from completely different areas. Like what, imagine that you had a project that said like, hey, George, we're going to pair you with a mathematician. Oof. Go. Love it. <laughs> go. <laughs> What's it going to be about? Okay, let's go. Hit me up. <laughs> It's like, yes. So any mathematicians listening to this, well, George is open for collaborations. Yeah, send DM. <laughs> oh, slide into her DMs. <laughs> So we have made it to the end, Sabina, a really fun conversation. Yeah, I'm sure, sure a lot of people will enjoy it. I hope, please God, that a lot of people are not really, I'm making this for fun. Um, is there anything you want to promote, your own work, or it can be, if there's nothing, can also happen, it's 2021. Uh, it could be a book, a movie, another artist, could be anything. Um, yeah, I mean, what I'm working on at the moment is a website called quickanddirty.new. Sounds really frisky, but actually it's just, um, I started it after like a few weeks ago. It's very new and it's kind of like just doing work that is not perfect yet. So things that I just sketch and I throw them online because I wanted to, I feel like we, I was always like prone to make something that was really finished and perfect. And I don't think that's always 
there's so much charm in things that are unfinished or like yeah um done through impulse so that's the website that i use for like sketches and stuff and and doodles <laughs> sounds really fun yeah and yeah then, and yeah my other website's just georginahenry.com so check it out nice i'll put and also links to your social media do you want me to also put that yeah in sure comments? perfect yeah. Great, then thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah, really enjoyed being on the podcast. Yay! <laughs> and just like that, we have made it to the end of another episode. Thank you, Georgie, so much for joining me today. It was such a fun time. Like, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, it was so fun. And I really miss human interaction. <laughs> Oh my god, I really miss it. Um, but going back, you'll find links to Georgie's website, her work, and her pro her project quick and dirty and dot new in the show notes, as well as a couple links to the Berlin Art Institute when she did her residency and the podcast and the book that, that I mentioned during the show. Everything will be in the show notes. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations and please subscribe to the show and give us a review or give us any feedback. You can reach out to us on social media as well. All the links are in the show notes to let us know if you have questions you would like to ask creatives what would you would like to learn if you have somebody to recommend please let us know i am here to make something great for you that said again thank you and hope to be again in your ears next week keep learning and stay curious bye